Hello, hello. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360, also on the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you get your podcast. So make sure you guys check us out. I'm your host, Demetrius Snare, with co-host Chris Rickey. And we have a special guest that we're going to have on today. His name is Steve Aristotelis. He is the head women's soccer coach at Modesto Junior College. He's coached a lot of years at Modesto Junior College. He's also got a lot of experience in clubs, coaching, and everything like that. So we're going to get into some soccer because I know Chris is always looking forward to talking soccer to people, right? Anytime I can talk some soccer, you know. It's good, right? I mean, how was, how was uh, 4th of July for you? I think last week for me, we talked about what I do for 4th of July. We usually have a few people over. We have this bacon fest, right? Yeah, yeah. Where everyone brings a bacon dish. We've had it a bunch of years. Then we go away from it. Then we have it again. It's all kind of depends on, you know, who calls me and says, hey, are you having the bacon fest again or whatever, right? So um, some some years we give out a certificate for the best bacon meal or whatever. And then some days, we some years we don't. I won it one time at my own house. Didn't rig the vote, but I did win it. And this year, um, we had some good stuff, man. Like, everyone always comes up with some really, like, um, just creative ways. To- What's a winning bacon dish at the Bacon Fest? So, typically, the winning dish is usually a buddy of mine. He he makes he makes burnt ends, which I protest. I, I, I don't consider bacon. I realize, you know, it's pork. Burnt ends, is a, that's not bacon. See, I say that too, but everyone totally says it's cheating, man. I I thought so too. I wish you would have been here a couple years ago because everyone else was backing him. But but he's a very good cook, and he made burnt ends. Uh, the year that I won, I made um, chicken and bacon kebabs. So I like rolled chicken up in bacon, made this little sauce with like barbecue sauce and and, and brown sugar, mixed that up, glazed it with that put it on the Traeger, and that was really good. Um, sometimes a dessert. Like, we had uh, we had brownies this year with bacon, um, with, a, like, a bacon glazed topping. Uh, another friend of ours made, um, made a, like, a strawberry. Cut the strawberry open, put, like, some type of cream cheese in there with a bacon-made something. I mean, it gets, it gets pretty good. Like, someone had my, – my sister, I think, made these rolls with um, – macaroni and bacon inside of the rolls like that that was like in the store or whatever so that was our our fourth of july we did that and then then we did the uh the the fireworks show outside of our house and everything with uh you know all the kids love that we just we did the the safe insane ones i know last week we talked about all the illegal ones and how horrible those are my neighborhood sounded like freaking world war three i don't know about yours but it was yeah. beirut over here it was beirut over here <laughs> really <laughs> it was 1983 in beirut you know in most of modesto but yeah and what else would you do for your uh your fourth of july well we had the modesto fourth of july parade mm-hmm. uh which was pretty, I mean, has always been really special, but it was neat to see the momentum um, building up again, you know, after COVID and there were just so many people and it felt so good to see people out and having fun together as a community and seeing all the different organizations and um, different departments participating. It was just, it was really neat. Um, Highlight for me was the, the Modesto Police Department is entering a um, demolition derby car wow. in, the, in the in the Stanislaus County Fair. 
I think mm-hmm. that's hilarious. I think it's so hilarious. You know, you're like being able to like being in this demolition derby and being able to wreck a cop car. I mean, how funny is that? It's so <laughs> ridiculous. I absolutely love it. Now, as a city council member, are you are you shaking a lot of hands and kissing a lot of babies at the parade? No, um, I have to. I um, I just ride it and wave, mm-hmm. you know, basically. And I think it's not. Are people people are pretty cool? They're like, Chris, you stink. You voted on that one thing or <laughs> anything like that. My green can hasn't been empty in two weeks. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> my tree. I, we should we shouldn't get on like your all the uh, complaints you get because. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people feel like those are legitimate complaints, but I don't know if they should go. To the I city mean, like the, the tree stuff is, I mean, it's actually all pretty legitimate, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, no, actually, people are really nice. Um, I didn't have it, no one said anything, you know, unpleasant. Nice. I think people were just in a festive mood celebrating America, nice, uh, like you do. And uh, no, it was really great. Um, and then after that, we Went over to a friend's house and swam. That's a very Modesto thing to do is go swimming in the pool. And it was a big day for us because my five-year-old, like, actually started taking to swimming, which we were starting to worry that, like, this was going to be, like, a major thing. <laughs> but, you know, he really kind of took to it, which was fantastic. And uh, and then we did a little safe and sane fireworks. It wasn't like last year where we went to an Indian reservation in Nevada so we could like light off any kind of firework we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like if you're in California, Modesto, you should be doing the legal safe and sane. It's fun. My kid liked that too. You don't need to like, you don't need like plastic explosives to have a good time on 4th of July. No. <laughs> um, and, and you know, we, we put out like a, we put out like a, um, a ladder and put it up, put them up there a little higher up, you know? Yeah. Get but, a more of a show. Yeah, I thought this year. I honestly thought that these these new safe and sane fireworks they stepped up their game. Like the ones we yeah. had, were pretty legit, you know. Like I mean, they're these boxes are huge and like you know they're flying. I mean, I'm talking like you know maybe like 15, 20 seconds of just going and going and going, you know, without all the freaking. I mean, these booms that are shaking my house to its core every night, like for the last week, are just out of hand. And 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 these people, I mean. Who's spending money on these things? You're talking like hundreds of dollars, sometimes thousands on these on these things. Like I, they, there was a there was a video I saw on someone's post. It was like a like a video of like all of like Manteca, not all of Manteca. I think someone had like a drone or something, and it was like five different areas of like what looked like what the city would put on. Like that's how how like crazy these fireworks were. It looked like. Oh, you know, we had our we had our own fireworks at Big League Dreams, but every one of these looked as good as the Big League Dreams one. I can't imagine like those are made for normal people like you and I to mess with without like no background in pyrotechnics or whatever or whatever, right? Like, no, definitely not designed for us. Um, and yet, there's a lot of temptation there. Um, yeah. It's clear that a lot of people can't control that temptation. But I can say that the uh, police department is getting better at catching people lighting off the illegal ones. And they caught, they caught, I don't know the exact numbers yet, but they caught significantly more people this year than last year because they got the plane now. And mm. some planes flying overhead, and it's, um, it's taking video of people lighting off the illegal ones. And if they catch you, it's a thousand bucks. 
and they caught a lot more people this year than they did last year, and every year they're going to get a little better. So I think we're going to start seeing a reduction in this um, relatively soon. So this is a drone or a plane? It's an airplane. Oh. It's the police airplane that we just – Podesta's never had one before, so um, this is a new thing that we got. We just purchased it, I don't know, three months ago. And so it's it's going to be really helpful to us on stuff like fireworks enforcement, but more importantly, um, like when there's pursuits and stuff like that, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a tool to have. And like sideshows, reducing sideshows, yep. it's going to be a really, really good tool for that too. So That'd be awesome. If you find out the numbers, I'd like to know that. Um, that'd be that'd be great to know. So let's let's bring in Steve real quick before we before we end this segment. Yeah, bring Steve Aristotelis in. Steve Aristotelis again. I'll say he is the head women's soccer coach at Modesto Junior College and also coach with the Ajax Youth Program and probably some other things we don't know about that we'll let him tell us about. Steve, how are you doing? Doing well. Uh, you have to say I was at a, a bacon fest or uh, one of your parties, and I, I think it was the time that you said you didn't win. Mm-hmm. And, for you, and for you to bring it up immediately, they didn't cheat. Makes me think maybe you did cheat. And then, uh, and as for those green containers, Chris, I was one of those people. It was like, why are they missing my house every Friday? And then my neighbor clued me in that, um, yeah, it's every other week now. So, were you mad? Were you just like, I wasn't mad about it. I just thought they just forgot about me that time. So, <laughs> wait, in wait, in your town, you just started doing it every other week on the green ones that I'm aware of. So I don't, yeah. I don't get a lot of shrubbage. So uh, when I do put it out there, I was just, I thought they might have skipped me because I don't put it out too much. Because I, I have a lot of like, I have a lot of like greenery. Mm-hmm. So when I do put it out there, and then they just skip by me. But then I thought, well, they don't see my house a bit too much. So maybe I just forgot about it. And then a second time it happened, I looked at my neighbor. I go, they keep forgetting about me. He goes, no, no, it comes out every Friday. I'm like, okay. So. See, being informed—that's the most important thing. If if the if the if the citizens are informed they're way less likely to be hostile about anything how about your fourth of july this year steve what do you do uh pretty anticlimactic i uh i went out with a couple friends earlier in the day and then uh my neighborhood had, had some fireworks go off but also I'm, I'm teaching some classes some summer school classes right now i try to stay on top of my my paper grading so i spent some time last night doing that as well because i i remember when i was in college i did not like waiting six seven weeks to know where my grade grades were so I'm very responsible with trying to get that stuff up pretty regularly for my, my for my group. That's good. So Steve celebrated America by by grading papers for his students out there. That is that's admirable right there, you know, because a lot of people were doing way other things than thinking about grading papers on on yeah. the Fourth of July for sure. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna get to everything about you. I, I said that you head coach at. MJC, coach for Ajax. Um, we'll talk about a couple other things. You're also a professor, obviously, at Modesto Junior College, so we'll talk about that. We'll get um, get a little bit of excitement here for soccer. I know, um, Chris, during during like the World Cup, we can talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, that was totally to mellow, him. right? It was like really yeah. mellow. <laughs> I thought I, – I didn't know going to watch soccer – with your group was going to be that fun. Like I will never miss soccer with your group. Like if, if you're watching soccer somewhere, I want to be there because that is the best way to watch soccer. I had a phone call from him leaving the pub going, you got to see this. So 
I go, that's soccer. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, man. I couldn't believe it. I was, I absolutely love it. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Coach Steve Aristotelis, professor at Modesto Junior College, also head women's soccer coach at Modesto Junior College. Um, we're going to talk to him about soccer, coaching at MJC, being a part of this community, um, you know, everything about that. So you're listening to the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host, Demetrius Snare, co-host Chris Rickey, and special guest Steve Aristotelis from Modesto Junior College. We'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host, Demetrius Snare, with co-host Chris Rickey, special guest Steve Aristotelis, the head women's soccer coach from Modesto Junior College, also a health and physical education professor at Modesto Junior College. You can listen to us on KFIB 1360, also on the iHeartRadio app, also wherever you get your podcast. check out the Better Modesto Show. So we're talking to, we introduced Steve a little bit here, and so I want to talk a little bit about, I think mostly, let's start with, you know, how you got into coaching soccer in the community and how it kind of landed you at Modesto Junior College. Kind of a, it's kind of a wild story because when I finished college, my, my goal was to get into sports, <laughs> and I actually um, re- relentlessly sent my resumes to uh, the Golden State Warriors and, and the Oakland Raiders, and that was that was the game plan for me when I got out of college. And uh, the Oakland Raiders contacted me, and two weeks later, the Golden State Warriors contacted me, and I ended up working for both teams for a little bit of time. And then in uh, 1998, I had to make a decision, and, and uh, I chose the. Uh, I asked my classes, which, which team would you choose and why? And they always go with their little theories, but I went with the, the Golden State Warriors strictly because of my boss was just a very uh, cool kind of good person to work with. And for older people, uh, his name was Brett Yamaguchi. His, uh, his uh, sister's Christy Yamaguchi, the figure skater, famous figure skater. So he was just a really nice guy. And then, uh, unfortunately, in 1998, the NBA had a strike. So uh, last one hired, first one fired. Sent back to Modesto, tail between my legs. Not sure what I was going to be doing at this point. I missed out on my uh, Raider opportunity now, so everything was done. And I uh, started um, substitution and getting back into a little bit of soccer. And uh, started uh, my first team was Turlock Junior Varsity Boys. And um, progressed from there and got the Downey Varsity Boys and Actually went back to Turlock for a season and hopped around to Johansson girls and Central Catholic girls, Modesto High boys, Modesto High girls, and kind of a bunch of Ajax in there. And one day, uh, MJC contacted me and uh, I want to say December of 2000 and asked me if I was interested in applying for the 2001 season. And the rest is history. And my Ajax team slowly flying. I think the last. The last Ajax team I coached was in 2012. It was the girls 2012. We uh, we had a pretty fun season, and I didn't want to leave them, but it got to be too much. And I, and ironically, I just got done last three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, uh, training a U19 Ajax boy, just filling in for a coach uh, for a couple weeks. And it's a lot of fun being back out there. And uh, it's been a decade, and I can't believe it. It's been that, that long. How many times have you beaten Daryl Wilkins? <laughs> you know – Daryl, I don't think of no. Actually, he has beat me because the year the year I had Downey High School, he had Byer, wouldn't they? And he's gonna love to hear this out loud that they won the section title that year. So uh, when uh, we played in league, he he swept us both times. Um, that was a very very good team he had. I want to say that was yeah the nineteen ninety six championship. He had a, a lot of good players uh, on that team from around the area. 
a lot of good players. So you're saying any better players he didn't outcoach you or anything? Um, I, you know, I, I'm going to plead the fifth and all that. I don't want to make him mad. You know, <laughs> Dylan, I've known each other for a long time. So no, he, he's Daryl's good. Huh? He's, he knows he's a good trainer. He knows what's up. I see him still. We still communicate. Yeah. He, he's done well over the years. Yeah, man, totally. So is there a good chance that you would still be with the Warriors today had it not been for the strike? 100%. Yeah. And and 100%. what was the goal? What was the what was the ultimate goal with the Warriors at the time? Like, you, Well, so I did public relations for the Raiders. I did game marketing and ops for the Warriors, which meant from running the suites to game day. Literally, I got in trouble. But for, I, I, I'd pick people shoot half-court shots. Um and I kind of was making some mistakes there because this is no joke. The first five people I picked for half-court shots, three of them made them for cars. So, like, uh, we need you to pick people that are a little yeah. less athletic. <laughs> We're giving away some cars here. But um, that, so I ran the suites. Um, so the, the Warriors, not only just Warrior games, uh, you know, I saw Prince, I saw Monster Trucks, anything that was on in that old uh, arena I, I, w- I was in charge of, so to say, or helped run and, and it was just you know, like anything else. You started at the bottom. You got to climb, got to climb the ladder. And uh, I, I wanted to be in marketing, so that was the goal to eventually go all the way up to the top of marketing for the for the for the team. Which could you imagine now if I was there with all how good they were? Because when I was there, they were terrible. Like we marketed Thunder, the mascot. That was that was kind of the goal. Like yeah, to throw some quick names at you, like Muggsy Bogues, Daniel Marshall, Donald Foyle. They weren't big names, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you're playing against Kobe Bryant and Shaq, and I was there with looking at Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman and Scotty Pippen, like, no, we don't have a chance to beat these guys, you know? So uh, it, it was a lot of fun, but being there now, with like, you imagine with Curry and Clay and Draymond Green and everyone else that, you know, all the success they've had, you know, it, it, it's a different world. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, that would have been fun times. Um, now you talked about, you know, bouncing around. I think you might've named like seven or eight schools that you were at. Um, why why all the jumping around like what is that kind of the nature of trying to find that right position well to kind of run back quickly through that um on so right out of college i got turlock junior varsity just out of sheer nepotism like my dad taught there and they didn't have a coach and they asked my dad you think you'd come out and coach the team and i did i enjoyed it and then I went to Downey. It's not like I, why, why I coached Downey, but um, they didn't have a coach, and they contacted me two or three weeks before the season began. And uh, so, like, Mitch Watson, who runs Ajax right now, was my goalkeeper there. So um, that's where I met Mitchell Watson. And then uh, I was there for one season. We had a great season. We, we, we made playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But um, teachers have the rights over, over walk-ons, so then a teacher wanted to take over the team. So uh, Trollock was nice enough to let me back in on their side, but as a assistant for the varsity, because I wanted to stay in the varsity ranks. And then um, after that season ended, I went over to Modesto High. Um, I take that back. I went to Johansson and was an assistant over there. And then I went to Modesto High for a couple of years, and I was there until MJC started. And then I did fall onto Central Catholic in 2005. I was already the, I was already at MJC, but their coach couldn't finish up the season. So I finished up like the last six weeks for them. So I've just kind of been out of need. You just kind of go where need is. And you got to, you have to do well to try to, you know, build your resume. So different challenges like that proves you can coach men, you can coach women, you can coach JV, you can coach varsity. You just kind of got to, you got to show you can do it. 
What's so. the best part? Would you say about all of that? And and um and and coaching. I know you're a women's head coach at Modesto Junior College now, but was that like by choice or was it? I just want to coach soccer. And but what first? You know, what was the best part about you know coaching high school in the area and all that? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot to that question. So like, um, yeah, I didn't care what gender I coached because I, I I knew I wanted to climb up the ladder. It didn't matter what gender I coached. And I did coach the boy the men's team one year in 2013, just out of need as well. I I dual coached and that was fun going back on the men's side of the of the. Um, so yeah, it was just coaching as much as I could along with Ajax as well, just to get up as much experience, just to see as many reps as you can. Just it's just like being a, a player, you want to see as many reps as you can of things. So I'm coaching three or four teams. I. I see situation after situation after situation multiple times instead of just one time. Same with training sessions, et cetera. You find out what works, what doesn't work. You know, you can probably relate to this. You've gone in and done lectures that you think are going to be really good and they're not. And and I've done that with my lectures and along my practices. And then you have some that maybe might not think are that good. And then they actually become, they do very well. And and then you pick and pull from other people too. So it's just, it's just getting, gaining experience. And, and then coaching all the different high school kids and even the club kids it's just watching them get excited and grow and, and it's, it talk to them about you know going doing as best as they can go on as far as they can uh, college is a goal beyond college is a goal so just trying to help them achieve those goals but also uh developing them into be like young adults i think is super important you know just time management skills showing up on time being responsible picking up your stuff just developing developing them to be like responsible humans yeah i feel like i hear that a lot oh, so work on that stuff myself so so being like responsible a human. ongoing process, you know. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> being responsible humans. Uh, like if you can track. get that through to people, like you've won the game, man. That's all. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But some, yeah, some some do. Some some come through with shiny like flying colors. It's great. I love seeing that. You you a yeller or or a mellow coach? Um, I was terrible when I was younger. I got red carded and as a yeller and i didn't understand that this that's you know you try to you emulate what you see in the movies unfortunately and like in the 80s movies these coaches were like yellers and they're actually the bad guy in the movie you think about it and then i actually uh at turlock high the varsity coach when i went there and worked under him he 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 got me um under control properly and um just controlling my emotions and it's funny because like the players that play for me now probably could never Imagine me being a yellow yeller because I've been at MJC. This is my 23rd season. I have no yellow cards, no no red cards, nothing at there. I just I'm very just talk to them, coach them that way. I don't yell. I get frustrated sometimes, but rarely are gonna I'm gonna raise my voice up. No yellow cards and no red cards. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about that a little bit because I want to know how common that is at the junior college level. Because I mean, I, I wonder if that's just what everyone does or you know yeah, i don't know i just it, it just makes me wonder if that's i mean zero in 23 years is pretty impressive so we'll um, talk about that for sure yeah yeah no we we can talk about that a little bit but i mean i want to hear a little bit about the uh, state of soccer in modesto too like we have such a great history of soccer in the city and okay. so many amazing players like i want to hear like what's the future look like you know I hear like how that's going too Oh, I know. We have, uh, yeah, like we could talk about that. I mean, we have the the one kid who's playing pretty pretty big time soccer right now and everything. They so, tell, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that so guy's we'll, right around here, and like he's playing, like he scored a goal in the Gold Cup, like he's special. Day before, he's, yeah, he's special. A couple days ago, he's special. I watched him play up in San Jose. He uh, he scored a goal when I was there too. And 
and I, I to be honest with you, I don't watch very much, if at all, any MLS soccer. So I, but I, I follow him because when he's local and, and he's, he's he's a special player. But we'll definitely get in the the the, the, the Ajax community soccer for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we when we come back, we're going to talk to Steve a little bit more. We'll talk about the 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 future of soccer or what where it's going in Modesto. Um, soccer is an animal. We realize that it is a very well organ or very well oiled machine in the central valley so we'll talk a lot about that um, when we come back after the break all right welcome back to the better modesto show i'm your host demetrius snare with co-host chris ricky we're on kfiv 1360 and on the iHeartRadio radio app or wherever you get your podcast we're talking to steve aristotelis coach steve aristotelis or professor steve aristotelis uh, he's the head women's soccer coach at Modesto Junior College, as well as a health and physical education professor. Um, before we went off, you were talking about, I, I, this is impressive to me. Maybe it's not to everyone, but 23 years as the head coach, you don't have one yellow card or one red card. What would you say, if, if, if you had to think of maybe, think of your the worst coach you know in, in, in your league and one of the best coaches you know in your league, if they had 23 years, how many would they have right now? Well, I know most everyone I've coached against has at least, I know they all have yellows and reds or reds happen too. It's part of it. Um, I just, I kind of, I, I, I take the job as not just a soccer job, not that they don't, um, but also just, you know, as, as being in the community and being at a college and we, I want my team to behave a certain way and act a certain way. Um, and so when you're the leader of that, you need to set it by example. Not, and they're young, so they sometimes get yellows and reds themselves, and, and they, they might pop off a little bit at times. And, and it, it's a learning experience, and I popped off too. So, But as long as I'm running it, I don't plan on getting one uh, the rest of my life. Maybe the last day of my last game ever, I'll make the, make the referee red card me, and I'll, I want to keep it, keep it with me. But um, – <laughs> I don't plan on it. I, I get frustrated sometimes, but I will call the referee over and we'll, we'll discuss it. I mean, we've had referees tell me like, as I'm calling them over, like, Hey, I blew it. I blew that call. They're, they're not, they're not out there trying to make my team win or lose or, nor the other team. Um, it's tough. I've ref before. Uh, I ref as a, just as a bystander, I was watching a Downey versus Turlocks. My sister played at Downey and um, the referees didn't show up. And so, I ran the center and every bad call, every call I was missing at the Turlock because I was coaching at Turlock at that time. Whenever I made a bad call for a uh, Turlock is because I went to Downey and whenever I made a bad call for Downey is because I coached at Turlock. So um, there's confirmation bias out there when people watch it and, and I'm aware that they're not trying to throw a game. It's, it's uh, they're trying to get it done and it's going to happen. They're going to, they're going to mess it up out there. So, um, and, and you, and you don't, you don't, you don't coach for that call. You coach for the next call. And someone that might understand what that means is like that call, they're not going to change their mind. It's done. So how you address the game and you address the referees is for the future calls. And, and if you're hot and you're, you're making it worse and there's a close one, you're probably not going to get it. So um, you want to, you want to keep the peace as best you can. And, and it keeps it calm also. and doesn't, it doesn't elevate the uh, potential fights or uh, cheap shots, et cetera, that can happen on the field. That's why I give them on my bench. Sometimes they, a play might happen on the field and, and they, they get up and they get a bit excited or they get frustrated. I tell them, you guys need to calm down because it's, you don't know how the other person on the other team is and how they react. And all of a sudden they could come in and blade one of your teammates or hurt someone. So you got to keep cooler heads out there. And that, that's kind of my motto. 
you think a lot of the coaches get better as they get older? Like, I mean, like you said, they, you, would you say most of them do, or are there some that are as old as you or older that are still out like there? Like a kinda? fine wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I definitely, one of my good, my good coaching friends that I compete against every year, he would be the first to tell you when he first came in, he was kind of wild and he still gets frustrated. And, and I always tell him like, you're a different guy for 90 minutes because after a game, he's so docile and just so mellow. He's just a good guy, but he can get rowdy. He'll, he'll get carded every year, but he's definitely calmed it down from, uh, from when he first came into the league. Well, definitely when he first came into the league. So you, you do mature a bit. You put it in perspective as you get a little bit older too. It's like, it means the world. And I understand even in U8 soccer, it means the world to win that game at that moment. But when you do the, when you take a big picture of it, you're going to forget about it. Um, probably within 24 to 48 hours, especially the the temper that you have. Um, and you just don't want to, you don't want to be known for the next 15 years of being that guy doing that thing over that call, you know? So you gotta, you gotta think a little bit futures as well. Tell us a little bit about how soccer is doing in Modesto and like what, like I know from what I'm seeing, like, COVID had a major impact in terms of kids participating in sports. And it took a little bit for people to kind of get back on the horse a little bit. And I don't know, I just, what do you think? Uh, soccer is taking a hit a bit. Um, I think other sports as well, uh, out recruiting this year, a lot of, a lot of players, just, you know, haven't played as much soccer as normally because of that. Um, some people have stopped playing soccer in general. Um, your, your diehards would find ways, um, commute to other areas, etc. That still goes on. That's, that's gone on the way back before COVID. People will take off and go to different clubs. It's hyper, hyper competitive. When I coached Ajax years ago, um, it was kind of just a district oriented meaning like I could only have the players basically in Modesto, even Turlock. You couldn't pull them from Turlock or Manteca, et cetera. Then they open up the boundaries. Same with college soccer. It would, Junior college soccer is now like Division One soccer. You can just recruit everywhere. It's gotten a little wild. It's just, to me, it defeats the purpose of a little bit of what you're trying to accomplish because you're supposed to win with your community. Um, and that's what coaches are supposed to do, win with your community too. It's like I've, I've never been into like guest playing. Even when my, I had a, a very, that very, that club team I was talking about, we went down to Surf Cup. We won the North Cal State Cup and went down to Surf Cup. I don't take any guest players when I travel to those kind of tournaments because those are the girls that earned that opportunity. And then when we get down there, there's teams with guest players from other clubs, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like winning with other players is weird to me. Like you want to try to win with what you're coaching. So um, yeah, it, it, it's taken a, it's going to be a bit of a challenge for the coaches around here right now because of COVID. But those younger teams, when I was out there are very strong, they're very good. They're, they're well coached. So it might be a little bit of a lull to, to, to no one's uh, fault. Uh, we had a pandemic. Uh, the girls that I have coming in this year are very good players. I'm excited that they're coming in. They stuck with it. And, you know, that's part of life. You got to stick through things sometimes that doesn't go your way. And you need to uh, persevere. And the ones I have coming in, I'm excited to get coming in. And, you know, what's the one nice thing about Modesto Junior College now, too? It's free. So, you know, a lot of these kids are looking for scholarships. I want a soccer scholarship. I want a soccer scholarship. Well, whether you play soccer or run track or you don't like sports, you got two-year scholarship now at MJC or any JC. It's free, so that that that's a helpful little tool as well for these kids to keep playing soccer and and get a couple more years under their belt. How's MJC doing 
Like, like, well, not just your team, but all the yeah. soccer. How is MGC soccer doing? Well, I, I've been there 20, well, this is my 23rd year. I have 22 seasons. I've had six seasons where we finished top 25 in the nation. Nice. Um, we've won some conference championships. We've been in the state final four a couple times. We lose to South, how it works. If people are listening. The two top teams in the North go play the two top teams in the South and it's crossovers. Unfortunately, usually the South wins those matches. Um, we lost um, both times, two nothing and three nothing. They were they were definitely a little bit stronger than we were. Um, but I'm always proud of the girls because you know when you play an LA based team and you look at the population of LA as opposed to like population of Modesto, it, it's a big difference. So yeah, um, and you know so their their top six or seven players might be like my top player, and it's it's a fun challenge. I like to play teams that are better than me or stronger. Anyways, I don't think you get anything out of just destroying teams. So I schedule very very hard um that's how you're, how you're only gonna get better you have to you, know, you kind of have to lose sometimes to, to learn to learn so to what you're better. saying is you're like not quite as good as the mdc track team is that what you're saying oh no one's as good as the mdc track team <laughs> come on <laughs> you win a norcal championship I mean, we're all right man yeah we're so, all right and uh, you know and and, and while we're while we're on here since we're, uh, you know i'm not going to make it just about soccer and track but you know our football team is really does really really well rusty does a great job i think he got a, i can't even tell you i mean division one kids he got out this year plus just other divisions as well i think our wrestling had a state championship this year our, our women's basketball team made the playoffs last year it was a long time coming for them volleyball got in the playoffs this year men's soccer got in the playoffs this year so um you know we, cool. we we're, we're doing our thing um and we do it pretty locally too, so it's good. You know, these kids around here come in ready to go. Yeah, I think um, that's that's one thing that um, you know you talked about, kind of people being able to to come to MJC for free. And I don't think enough people know that. I feel like I'm always telling people that, always informing people. Has that helped with your recruiting at all? Well, I'm the same as you. You know, I tell people, and they like their eyes get big, like, really, MJC's free, and you know, but you know. Uh, what if I make X amount of dollars? It doesn't matter if you just fill out the proper paperwork, et cetera, you're going to get to go to school for free for a couple of years. And um, yeah, it, it's, I'm 100% sure it's made some financial decisions on, on, um, on families in this area. Imagine, you know, why, why I go spend, I went to St. Mary's college. It's like probably $60,000 a year right now. Why go spend 120 grand for your first two years when you can do it for free? You know, you put that money towards a house or other things. So it's kind of a, if I had kids and I were going to send them to college, they would be going to JC. Unless there was some special major, like a, and they got into like UOP for pharmacy or ag or something very specific, they'd be going to MJC. Free. So, yeah, and I, I think that's a good thing. And I, and like you said, I mean, our, our sports programs are doing great. And um, I think they're going to just continue to do well. I feel like we have a coaching, an entire coaching staff now in, in all the sports that just, want to win, want to move kids on. I think, you know, winning is, is big and, and we put a, we put a, put a big premium on that. But I think a lot of these coaches also want to um, want to move kids on to the next level and everything. So um, yeah, I think that that's, that's huge. So when we come back, we'll delve into that a little bit more, talk a little bit more about kind of like the local athletes, you know, where, where we've seen, you know, where have some of the kids been able to go colleges, professional, all those type of things. So we'll get into that a little bit. Um, you're listening to the better Modesto show. I'm your host, Demetrius snare. We have co-host Chris Ricky, and our special guest is Steve Aristotle the head women's soccer coach at Modesto junior college, as well as a professor of health and physical education. We'll be back in a minute. 
All right, welcome back to the Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360, also on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Demetrius Snare, co-host, co-host Chris Rickey, and head women's soccer coach at Modesto Junior College, as well as professor of health and physical education, Steve Aristotelis. So um, let's talk a little bit about you know, some of the accomplishments of, of some of your athletes. I know um, we talked about at the, at the end of the last segment, how kind of moving kids on, getting them to graduate at MJC, then move on to Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA level, you know, and, and that might be a good time for us to say um, how important it is to just, for, for, for the kids out there listening to know that if you want to play soccer at the next level, at the college level, there's probably a school for you. Everyone always talks about Division One, Division One. I don't think people understand like what it takes to be a Division One athlete and how special it is and, and to not turn your nose up at Division Two, Three, or NAIA schools because sometimes some of those schools are better than some of your lower level division ones as well and sometimes the education are better are, are better also so talk about some of the athletes that you've had at Modesto Junior College and, and some of the schools that they've gone to and maybe what they've done post-collegiate as well yeah so um it's very important I mean I if we're talking about winning because that that's what everyone looks at as winning but the goal is to move them on and um and I'll move them on after one season. If they're good enough to go, then, then they're going to go. This is what I call a farm system. So uh, if, if you're if you're a one-year one, one year player and I got schools that are interested in you and you're interested in them, et cetera, then we're going to move you on out. Um, and then there's other scenarios where they have to stay because they have to get certain grades done because they want to qualify out of high school. And that's a whole other podcast. I'm not going to qualify, et cetera. But to jump through that um I, i've had i had one player a few years back that came into mjc which i actually did not bother to recruit i actually when she was a sophomore I, my friend was a coach at usc i contacted him and said you need to see this girl she's next level and um she she ended up coming to mjc it was more of an academic reason at that point but um and uh she came in and, and i knew she was already next level so it was just a matter of getting her grades on track which you know anyone that's listening you can be a fantastic soccer player but you better have grades as well or football or track or whatever it is or else it's going to be irrelevant so um she came in and she did what she needed to do and we got her out in her two years and she went on to san jose state and was uh i believe like second team mountain west conference and then um from there, I'm, I'm, I've got a pretty good connection with San Jose State, meaning that they'll then push them on to the professional level if if they're good enough and she's good enough. And she she uh, just finished a season at uh, Mazalon. Um, she she was with a different club uh, before Mazalon and slipping my Puebla. She was a Puebla first division, and then she went to Mazalon. And um, so she's down there trying to just live her her soccer dreams, which I always. Tell every every athlete, you know, play as long as you can, exhaust it as long as you can, because once it's gone, it's gone. So she's still doing that. And um, uh, to to jump on that story with her, I had a girl when she was a junior at San Jose State. Now a, a freshman that came in for me that just lit up the league, and she had 27, 28 goals for me. And I contacted San Jose State and said, "You probably want to take her after one season here. This is just levels too easy for her and i don't want her getting hurt i don't want the acl injuries anything like that to to mess up her her money um that would be coming her way and um so she went she went to san jose state as well and they, they play together and you don't need to follow my instagram page the mjcw soccer but you can actually see them combine on a corner kick uh the, the first goal yadi uh sending out the ball into Jamie uh, for a header goal in double overtime against utah state and the football team was out there and they 
they mobbed him and stuff. And that's why I want him out. That's why I want him moving on because that's an experience I'm never going to forget. And, and to have a game winner in college like that is, you know, not a lot of people can say they, they've done that. And then to combine from an MJC to an MJC goal was you know pretty special. And, and there's lots of them that have gone on. And, um, and, and just, uh, if, you know, if you're a very, very good soccer player, if you think you're next level, I, I don't mind putting a word in for you. I, I have uh, three others that are uh, I've sent to San Jose State that never even played for me. So uh, one's actually leaving right now from Pittman High School. She's a junior at Pittman. She's going to be a senior next year, and they've already signed her. And I got one coming in, one or two coming in this year, that they're going to come out in a few weeks and watch them practice. They might be one and done themselves. Um, and I have others that have gone after one, I think, Honestly, I've probably put out more one and dones than any other uh, junior college in the state. Um, you know, I can't verify it for sure, but there's a lot of them. And um, and it's not just Division One, like you said. It's uh, just finding a place to keep playing and, and get your schooling done. That's ultimately what what you're there for. You know, it's student athlete, and and it does unfortunately comes to an end for everyone. Even Tom Brady, it just came to an end for him. And um, you got to move on with life, but play as long as you can. But have your eyes on the other prize, which is your, your education is which what I'm always uh, preaching to them. And if, you know, and that's, and you, you and I have talked about this before. That's, it's, it's more fun than winning at this point. You've told me about your own athletes that, you know, they come back to you and they have a master's degree. And I think one friend, what is he coach at Northridge now, or one of those schools, or he's a track coach or head track coach. And, you know, those are, those are great, great stories. Um, and, and that's why we do it. I think, you know, at this point, that's, that's what you should do it for at least. Yeah, the the my kid, he's a he's a head coach. Uh, one of my former athletes, the head coach at Cal State Fullerton. Um, I want to talk about though, like I think it's important to talk about. Um, you said that one, you don't mind a kid coming to MJC for one year and then moving on. A lot of coaches are selfish and just want to win, and instead of sending a kid after one year as a, who's a qualifier, they'll try to hold on to him for a second year. And then even more admirable, which is something that, you know, I, I do as well. If I go to recruit a kid and they, and they, and I, and I think they are good enough to, to not, you know, they, they don't have to actually come to MJC and they really don't want to, and they want me to put a word in for them at a different college. I'll do that. And I think you just said you have three girls that never played for you that you're helping them get somewhere too. So that, I mean, I think talk about that a little bit about like the, just the selflessness of, doing that and and how that i mean that really ties into like better modesto being like what you're doing for a community of kids you know just to kind of get them to that next level get them a, a degree get them a scholarship or whatever it is well it's perspective right like we talked about those yellow cards and those red cards you know am i going to get a yellow card or I definitely get a red card um uh, over a game that no one's going to remember especially like not even 48 hours but 5 10 15 years down the road it's the same thing with Jamie, the one who went after one season and went and helped out San Jose State, and I believe they won a conference title that year as well. Um, okay, I lost 28 goal scorers. She probably scores that the next year, maybe even more, maybe pushes us close to the Final Four, et cetera, but you can't predict that. You, you know, she get hurt. Uh, my, my goalkeeper might get hurt, whatever. You, you can't predict that. So, okay, instead of maybe winning 15 games or 14 games, we win 10 games. I bet Chris didn't know how many games we won that year, and I bet you didn't know, and I bet everyone that's listening didn't know. That's the whole point I'm trying to say. Like, I I understand it's a very short-term goal of trying to win those games, and it, it's intrinsic for me and my probably in my in my school and and uh, makes me feel good, but that's that's not what it's about. It's about trying to get them on to the next level. So if I might lose three or four more games in a 30-plus-year career, 
it, it, it's irrelevant. But for her, she went on, she got a game-winning goal, she got a conference championship, she got a degree from uh, from San Jose State. We sent her and as a we sent her in in January so she could get eight months with the team instead of sending her in August. And no, no joke. Uh, uh, in January, when I sent her, the head coach contacted me and said, "I don't know if she's ready for this, Lily." And I go, "She's just ready. She's just nervous." When you guys play, you know, you're, when you guys play your first spring match, you'll see her go. You know, she's only 18 years old, and she's getting blended in there with everyone. And I went and watched her go play at Cal Berkeley, and their first spring match, she scored a goal. You know, and the coach said to me, if she was only here for the first, you know, like two or three weeks, that little August window, they probably would have redshirted her. She was our leading goal scorer that fall. So you gotta you gotta set them up for for success. You don't set them up for failure. And and swiping another year from them instead of getting three at the higher level is not doing them any success. You're you're doing them injustice, disservice. Yeah, look, one of the things that um, that is looking forward to you know the future of soccer in Modesto is I'm hearing rumors that we may someday get the opportunity to have a USL team in Modesto. How would that impact soccer in Modesto and MJC? Well, it's interesting because, you know, Academica has it down there in Turlock and Stockton has one with cargo. I, I guess it makes sense to put one here in Modesto. You're putting a lot of people together, a lot of teams very close to each other. So it's going to, it's going to be almost like division one recruiting. Again, you're going to try to get players from, because you can get anyone on those teams where they, you know, they, they don't have to be local. Um, if you if you had like a little stadium or if you played it in MJC Stadium, that would be that would be fantastic for for us. But you, you definitely want to have a home site for a team like that because you just don't want them picking up somewhere and playing randomly at a park or you want to have a, like a proper a proper little area to play in. Um, yeah, I'm all for that. I would, I would love to see something like that and, and start building a Modesto team and just, you know, try to climb the table, et cetera, just like you do when you watch like the English Premier League or League One and League Two, et cetera. So I, I, I couldn't hurt 100%. We do, we'd have three teams very close to each other, which is something to consider, but there's plenty of players that are out there for sure. Is whoever coaches that team or whatever is going to have to do, be very aggressive with the recruiting for that. Very aggressive. What it comes down to at that point is just facilities, right? Like, yeah, you look at Academica, you know, they, well, yeah. you, and so I don't know anything about the Stockton team, but like, we could host it. We could host it at MJC. We got, our facility is cleaning up pretty well right now. It's something that, you know, if, if the community tied it to JC would work. Um, but, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of, like anything else, you know, it, it looks good on the surface level. There's so much behind the scenes, this and that and everything else that I don't even, you know, I don't even think I could speak on. And it's just you're going to need people like yourself and other people to get behind all that, all the uh, logistics and how it all works for sure. Yeah. All right, all right. On another totally different subject, Demetrius. I hope I'm okay here. Shanghaiing this. Uh... Yeah. But anyway, um, favorite uh, local soccer team or MLS team or something? Do you have a anything like for that? me? I guess I don't really watch the MLS, so I would just stick to to uh, Cade over there. But um, and I went out and watched the game last year. Uh, my mom was born in Liverpool. I watched Liverpool in the English Premier League. Nice. Um, but you know, Man City is a top team right now, and and they're they deserve it. Um, they definitely are pretty untouchable. I, I I'm not quite sure on my stats here, but I think the last time a team won all three, uh, the FA the English FA Cup, the the Champions League, and their league was like 1998 or 1999 or something like that. So they got a pretty special group right now, and they're gonna be tough to beat. 
Yeah. What about you? What I'm about you? Newcastle fan here. Okay. Oh, they're doing very well. They're uh, after two relegations. They're doing very well. We're Be happy. Be very happy with that. Yeah. Be very happy. Very what about you, Demetrius? My favorite team is Modesto Junior College. All right. That's a great answer. Right there. I, my favorite team is going to be whatever team Chris invites me to watch with him. <laughs> so as soon as as soon as soccer comes around, man, we got to all get together and we got to watch some soccer together because there is no I, I don't care what it is. I watch golf with Chris, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I just I just think it's going to be a good time. So and correct um, me real quickly. I know we're cutting on, I'm on time. But was that like was that an early morning when you were there at Wexford with all them? Correct. Yes, that was an yeah. early morning. Yes, yeah. I was running around taking care of some business and I happened to be right over there. got the call, said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go over there right now and went over there and had a great time. So, yeah, it was it was awesome. I appreciate it, Chris. I appreciate that. And we appreciate you coming on the show today, Steve. Um, good talking to you. Definitely doing good things for the community. Um, you're listening to the Better Modesto show. I'm your host, Demetrius Snare, co-host Chris Rickey. And again, thanks to Steve Aristotle for coming on the show. We will talk to you guys next week.